Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now here's Linda with this week's message. In my hand, I have some Freedom from Fear books. And the reason why I have these in my hand is because tonight, after the demonstration of the Spirit's power that we are about to have, I should say increased demonstration because we've already felt God so strongly in this place. I am going to teach, after the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power, I'm going to teach on the power of having a simple heart. A simple heart comes from thinking on the right things and keeping your thoughts pure so that your heart is good so you can see God. So anyway, the reason why I have these books is because I wrote this book called Freedom from Fear several years ago to help you, those of you who are caught in thoughts of fear. I struggled almost all of my life with my default being fear. And so when I got set free, I got set free because Neil Anderson wrote a great little book that my husband went through this little book with me, Getting Freedom from Fear, and I got so free. Changed my life. And so several years later, I was looking for the book because there are people who need it. The book was out of print. I couldn't find it anywhere. One night, the Holy Spirit said, you write it. And I did what Pastor Tamara said tonight. I said, I don't want to. (laughs) And then eventually, I said, I, I, King Jesus. And I wrote this little book, Freedom from Fear. So many people have gotten free and have brought their thoughts into alignment with the way that God wants us to think. So I want to pass out some. I have two in Spanish. It's been, yeah, it's been put into Spanish. So there's a couple of Spanish ones. And then these are English. So somebody else help. There are hands. There's hands over there. Make sure you go over there. Marla, Go get some more out of the bookstore, okay? Thank you. Thanks. Just, yeah, just give them out. Why have them in the bookstore when they can be bringing freedom and healing? I really don't care about selling them. I I just, well, somebody might, but I don't. No, I don't care. Okay, well, we, last week we were in Acts 2, And there she is again. There's Marla with more books. You need this book. Get the book. Get free from fear, tormenting thoughts, what ifs, you know, the scenario, what if? Oh, no, what if? Your family's late home from somewhere, and you hear a siren, and all of a sudden your mind starts going, (gasps) what if? So getting free from that tormenting fear. Yeah, thanks, Marla. Great job. Makes me happy. Give them all away. Yeah. All right. You're welcome. You are welcome. 
You are so welcome. All right, well, let's get ready for a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You are about to experience what happened in Acts chapter 2. Makes me tremble. <laughs> Are you ready? I don't think the people in Acts 2 were scripted. <laughs> Dion, why don't you give an introduction and encourage the women to close their eyes and go ahead and pray for them. Good evening. I almost said good morning. I'm telling you, I'm in the spirit all over the place right now. It's, I don't know what, we have no time in heaven, so it can be morning and evening at the same time. <laughs> um, this is a really cool demonstration. We heard the word alive and well last week of the second chapter. And so often it's the Lord will use tangible methods to bring it home to us. And so we're going to give you an audible, tangible demonstration of what it could have sounded like because we've heard the word already that people heard things in their own language the spirit came across the the crowd and they were like whoa what is happening and so what i would like to ask you did i was asking the lord tonight what's going to really help this grab a hold and he said they can't be watching so i'm going to ask you to close your eyes when we get started and the reason is, imagine back in the day when people just sat around radios, and they didn't have TVs, and they didn't have all this distraction right here. They had to sit there and just take that imagination that the Lord has given us. Pastor Linda has talked about the imagination that the Lord has created in us. So as you hear this, this demonstration is the word. It's straight out of the Bible. So as you hear the word, I want you to let your imagination soar with Jesus Show him, let him show you everybody huddled together, waiting for something, listening, hustling, bustling. They're doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden, wah, the Holy Spirit. And they went, oh, whoa, 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 what was that? And then the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues of fire. He raised up every nation represented. So we've got some nations here that may not have been the exact nations that were there, but it'll get the point across. And so I, I'm going to pray now that the Lord will remove distraction. The Americanism? I made a, may have made up a word. I don't know. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Lord, you have spoken. In fact, you showed me this demonstration. Huh, wow. Like 20 years ago I saw this. And it's stuck with me. And so, Lord, it's for such a time as this. Thank you for the quiet of your spirit right now. Find his eyes right now. Find his eyes looking at you. He's going to tell you a story. It's not us girls up here telling you a story. It's Jesus. It's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit giving us testimony. <laughs> I'll try that one on for size. Think of how we are moved when people share testimonies of how the Holy Spirit has moved. Well, Holy Spirit is here. 
and he wants to give his testimony. And one of the biggest times that he got to just explode on people and rock their worlds and then have your world rock too. Okay, keep your eyes closed. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The word says that people were confused and asking, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? We hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Kai prophehe tu susen hoi hi mo haimon. Kai hai thai geteris haimon. Kai hi ni aniskui haimon. Horase sabsantai. Kai hu presbute roi haimon. Enumnia enumnia se santai. Oui, oui. Sur mes serviteurs et sur mes servantes. Sans dans ces jours-là, je répondrai de mon esprit. Est-il prophétisant? Demostré prodigos arriba en el cielo y señales abajo en la tierra, sangre, fuego y columna de humo. Mặt trời sẽ tối sầm lại, mặt trăng hóa đỏ như máu trước ngày vinh hiển lớn lao của Chúa đến. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. So imagine if there were 120 instead of just, did we have five? Six instead of six, 120 voices, all in different languages, speaking at the same time, the wonders and the glories of God. Wow. Shall we do it right now? We probably have probably, well, maybe close to that number. If you have the gift of tongues, speak in tongues 
If you have English, speak in English. If you have another language, and let's just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lift your voices. Don't be afraid of your own voice. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Like you did then, oh God. Like you did then. Do it again, oh God. Do it in this our day, oh God. Do it again. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you for your promise. Thank you. Thank you for f- fulfilling your promise. Thank you for sending us the comforter. Thank you for sending us the helper. Thank you for sending us your very spirit to live within us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. There was a unity with the people in that upper room. There was a unity of heart, a unison of heart. The word actually means that the people were all singing in the same tune. Those of you who have instruments or have a piano, perhaps you've had your instrument tuned. It's like all of us being tuned to sing the same thing at the same time. To have that kind of heart where we are all in such unity and unison, harmony. That God is irresistibly drawn to come. That's what happened in that upper room. The people were of such same-heartedness in mind, in thought. It says that they had the same soul, the same heart, the same mind. I believe that God wants to do it again and that he is looking for people who are of the same heart, the same soul, who are seeking him with everything within them. Go ahead and take your sheet, your outline, if you can. (laughs) Once again, at the top of it, it says the power of a simple heart. The power of a simple heart, right below that, I've given you a scripture from Acts 2, 46, and one from Ephesians 4. The one from Acts states, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Right below that, bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. Did you have to bear with anybody today at work or in your family? Bearing with one another in love. Keep the unity of the spirit. Do not grieve the spirit. And number one, do you not know that the people in the upper room had cause to get mad at each other? 
Do you think that all of those people who are in the upper room together, praying daily, continuing in prayer every day together, that none of them had the sniffles or had to throw up? Sorry. Do you think that none of them ever said anything irritating? Do you think that none of them ever got in somebody else's space? Do you think that none of them ever brought in food and didn't share it or maybe ate loudly or opened their potato chip bag really loud and crunched on the chips really loud? The deal with the people who were in the upper room is that they were people. And people have to eat and have to go use the restroom and have to sleep and do all the things that humans do. There were people up there. And of course, they had cause to get offended with one another. Now, had they held that offense, had they given in to it, then I wonder if we wouldn't have had Pentecost. Number two. Yet the early church, men and women, experienced a profound dimension of spiritual unity. They had a profound dimension of spiritual unity. They were of one heart, in tune, in sync, in unison, one soul, one mind, and the word means breathing together. Whoa! Have you ever breathed with another person? Try it right now. Lean over with the person next to you and see if you can breathe together. <laughs> the word actually means that they, they breathed together. They were in one heart and one mind together. Have you ever felt like that with a large group of people? Is it possible? right below that number two I wrote the multitude and I had to capitalize and put it in bold the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul do you see it says multitude multitude is a lot of people in one heart and soul how do we get there from here number three I wrote just a little phrase from a song I've been listening to a lot lately from the river. Rearranging all my thoughts until they line up with your thoughts, Lord. The Holy Spirit is always hovering. He's hovering right now. Let him dive into you. I've given you (laughs) an italics right under that. Suspicion and distrust often lurk at God's table. Around the table, the siblings squabble. The father sighs. Father sighs because he has a dream, not because he's discouraged with you, but because he has a dream. Every believer is given his promise, the active indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. If we, were, if we had time to look at the scriptures found in John 6, we would see that Jesus could not do very many miracles in Nazareth because the people were disputing with their minds. 
They weren't disputing with their bodies. They weren't disputing with their words. They were disputing inside themselves, in their minds. Disputing inside their minds had an impact on the atmosphere. Now, that's shocking because most people think that they are just their own little self and that what they do and what they don't do should not have significant effect on everyone else. And yet we find in Scripture that people, what they were thinking in their own minds had effect on the atmosphere. I wonder what it would look like if we could see in the spirit realm and we could see people's thoughts. I've, some of you have heard me tell before how I walked into a meeting late one day and the people were already worshiping and I stood in the back. And as I stood there, the Holy Spirit began to open my ears to people's thoughts. And it was shocking to me because I saw this one man who was standing worshiping and And his mouth was saying, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. But I heard his thoughts saying, I've got to change the oil in my truck. I looked over and Holy Spirit opened my ears to what someone else was thinking. And her mouth was singing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And her thoughts were, I just want to leave this place. I don't fit in. What if we could see all the thoughts right now in this room? And what if we could get them all in unison? Wow. One of the hardest things that we will learn to do and that we will conquer is we will learn how to take every thought captive and bring every thought into obedience in Christ Jesus. When I learned how to take my thoughts captive, my whole life changed. I had a recent experience. I, um, this has been quite a year of um, difficulties as far as, let me just preface it with this. Anyone who is a public figure these days has websites created against them. Would you believe that our good friend Heidi Baker has whole websites telling about why she's evil? Beth Moore will be here in January. Beth Moore is an amazing woman of God who has a very, very squeaky clean life. And Beth Moore has websites created against her, trying to discredit her. Um, our friend Bill Johnson in Reading at Bethel, he has websites against him. And any public figures these days, the Internet, what a vehicle, wow, is creating. Um, people create slander and lies against public figures. Well, I'm just so thrilled to enter that arena this year. And <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Tamara, too. <laughs> And um, have that slander and lies and um, things on the Internet coming against us. And, and with the social media, and I just I want to give this to you so quickly because it's really important. Something the Lord gave me that has really helped me. 
Um, there is actually a new mental illness, and it's called FOMO. And it is enabled through social media. It is the fear of being, fear of missing out. And it's called FOMO. In fact, experts, experts, psychologists are telling us that there is not one good thing about social media. Seriously, it is so destructive and bringing so much harm. So several weeks ago, when we were still in the midst of some of the slander and some of the lies that were coming against us, I was tracking some of it on social media. But I could feel when I would read the things again, that were written against me, I would f- it would feel like I ingested poison. And so one morning I was sitting with the Lord, and once again I was saying, Lord, clear me out, clean me out, take the poison out of me, give me the antidote. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly with an extreme word. And I asked him if he wanted me to give this to you because it is extreme. And he insisted, so you can handle it. The Lord spoke to me and he said, when you look at that, those things on social media against you, it's the same as porn. How'd you know? So many of you are so much smarter. The Lord said it's the same as porn. I said, Father, I've never looked at porn. However, having studied psychology and being a counselor, of course I've counseled people who are addicted to pornography. And I know what it causes. I know the, about the addiction. I know about the poison. I know about how hard it is to break it. And I know it's a spirit, a demonic spirit. But I had no idea that he would call that poison on social media that I was ingesting the same thing as looking at porn. Well, immediately I repented. I told the Lord I was so sorry, and I asked him to help me break the addiction of looking at it, looking at the words, looking at the slander, looking at the poison. Do you know it's been challenging? I'll feel tempted to go look. However, I told the Lord, if you'll help me, we will break this. I have been so free since I have gotten rid of looking at social media porn. It is wrecking havoc. The social media is wrecking havoc with friendships, with churches, with families, with relationships. Now, I'm not saying that it's all bad, although some studies I've read say it is all bad. But there are connections. There are pictures that you post for family members who are far away and relationships that are built. And I especially love it when prayer requests come up. And you can pray for people who need prayer. So there are good aspects of it. However, women of God, we must guard our minds, guard our eyes, guard our thoughts so that we can come into that harmony with other believers, that unity of spirit that will propel revival forward.
Now, I want to show you a quick video about your thoughts. So let's just watch that for just, I think it's two and a half minutes, and it'll help you with how to think. And then we'll get on with the message. We'll get rocked by God. We'll finish with an amazing song. You'll go out of here changed. Thanks, Pastor Ben. Thanks, Samantha. It's okay. We'll watch it next week. Yeah, you'll have to come again. It's okay, Pastor. I know I did. It's okay, you guys. We have the best media and production people in the world. Yay. Let's look at number four. Um, The disharmony that we were subjected to with the fall of creation and read Genesis, read Genesis 3. Um, Don't attribute it to God. Don't attribute the problems we have to God. Man, that was a big statement. (laughs) Right below number four. In the beginning, the Lord created the first couple in his image and described them as one flesh. Their unity was to be so complete that the Hebrew word for one is the same word used to describe God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. It was not until the entrance of sin that their unity was broken. Their relationship became contentious. They took on separate identities. Because of the entrance of sin. Now, why doesn't God just put an end to free will and sin? Once again, it's because of the quality of relationship that he wants to have with us. Relationship is not satisfying unless it's chosen. And so God doesn't want an involuntary response. He wants a voluntary, spontaneous act of love. Do you know what that points to? That just points to what a lover he is. So he's not going to take away free will. We're going to have it as long as we have planet Earth until the Lord comes back. Number five, most Christians consider oneness within the body inconceivable until heaven. Did you know that? Most Christians consider oneness within the body of Christ inconceivable until heaven. We all, we all think, well, when we get to heaven, it'll all be okay. Everybody will love each other and we'll all get along. And we think it's inconceivable here, except for some of you women back there who have already nailed it. Seriously. They have not discerned nor warred against the enemy's lies, which have conditioned believers to accept strife as normal in the church. Whoa. Let me read it again. Number five, most Christians consider oneness within the body inconceivable until heaven. They have not discerned nor warred against the enemy's lies, which can have conditioned believers to accept accept strife as normal in the church. 
We're changing things up, women of God. We are changing things up. We are no longer going to accept strife and complaining and um, conflict as normal. We are going to come into unity of the spirit that is going to bring a oneness, that is going to raise up an army that will bring revival in this land. I believe this. Guess what? It starts with me. Mm-hmm. And you, each one of us individually, what we choose. You can read the quotes later. Pastor Tamara, will you come to the piano? Number six, Jesus was never seen after his resurrection except by loving eyes. Did you know that? He was never seen. Those 40 days that he walked planet Earth, he was never seen by anyone except by loving eyes. It's because the only people who could see him were people who loved him. The word says the pure in heart will see God. Oh, it's time to be pure in heart, isn't it? Number seven, the unity that the early church had contains some elements we may have neglected. We grow in the spirit by engaging in the same kind of activities as those of the early church. You know what they are? They're Bible study. It's prayer. It's getting together. It's hospitality. It's having friends over and discussing the king. It's prayer. (laughs) The basics. It's time for the basics. (laughs) Evangelism. I love what Acts 4.24 says. It says they had one voice. They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Yeah, let's say it together. They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. (laughs) Let's fill in one more. I really encourage you to go through the quotes, do your questions at home. It's one of the basics. Number eight, the responsibility is upon each of us. There is a tremendous job ahead but the Lord himself has promised that we're going to raise up those places that have been broken and we're going to bring restoration. Those places that have been ruined, that people have ruined, that we have ruined. The Lord is going to restore them and he's going to make them glorious again. That's what he's going to do if we'll cooperate. And I, for one, I'm going to cooperate with him. I've got 
to cooperate with him. He is our dearest friend. His presence is better than life. He is the Lord God most high. He is the brightness of the Father's glory. He is the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power, by himself, he purged our sins. And then he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. His name is Jesus. Now, as you make the declaration with me, I've asked Pastor Tamara to lead us in that song, Glorious Ruins. Because the Lord, he is repairing, he's healing, he's restoring, and he's bringing that unity of the Spirit right here to the likes of us. So let's... Let's just make a declaration. Let's rise up. Let's sing it together. Prayer team's going to come. You're going to.